Amen. Good morning. Come on up, Stephen. Every week, uh, we recognize that we are not the only body of Christ, and we lift up other parts of our body around the area, and this morning is Highland Baptist and Pastor Mike and Melissa Medeiros, and Stephen's going to lead that prayer, so have at it. Yes, sir. If you will, pray with me. Heavenly Father, we um, understand that we're not the only body of Christ. We're just a part. Your word's very clear that we all have a place where we're supposed to be, where you've put us. And God, we're rejoicing this morning in that we can pray for other members of this body. This morning, we lift up Pastor Mike Medeiros and his wife and Highland Baptist Church. God, we just ask that your blessings be poured out on them. We recognize, Father, that you have given them as a gift, and we receive that gift as part of the body. Lord, we thank you for the work that they do at Highland Baptist. And Lord, we just ask that you pour out a blessing on that church in a real and present way. Uh, God, you, you're our provider. You see ahead and you know all that we need before we know we need it. So God, we just ask for provision for that church. We ask for wisdom for that church. And Lord, we just uh, stand with them, believing that all good things are going to come for the kingdom through the work that they do there. We rejoice and thank you for them. And we praise you in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Well, good morning to you. You ready for some more of the Proof series? Good, good. Have you been enjoying it, getting something out of it, yeah. learning something? Well, if you're learning something in God, you're growing and you can move in more of his stuff. And that's what we're called to do is to be more like him. So it's very important that we do grow in those areas. Let's go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 12. And Lord, we just thank you right now. We thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that we are not left without hope. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us the tools to be the brothers and sisters of Christ. He was the firstborn of many brethren. We thank you that you have not left our hands empty in that, but you have given us Christ and through him given us all things, Lord, so that we can go and do and be who you've called us to be. Lord, we get to partner with you in this journey. We get to be a part of you as your children to be uh, and fulfill your mission. And Lord, we just praise you for that. Let us see areas in our lives that need changing. Let us see more areas in our lives where we need to maybe uh, rethink and renew our mind and step out into the promises that you have given us. Let our priorities become your priorities. Let us be the ambassadors of Christ that you've called us to be and let that be our number one priority. You've told us to go and make disciples, not go and live life. Lord, we receive that, and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So in Romans uh, chapter 12, uh, we've been talking about proof, and, and the beginning of proof was basically this. Would you like to have proof that God is who he says he is? Would you like to be able to give proof to people that God is who he says he is? Would you like to change some things in your life? In other words, would, your, would you like for your life to change in some certain areas? Would you like for it to be better? Would you like for the world to change? Well, all of this is tied into these two scriptures, and all of it's tied into how you live life. 
Most of the time, we want to focus on everybody else, and the reason why it's like this is because people did this and did that. Here's the great thing about God. You are not left in a position where what everybody else does completely uh, determines what happens in your life. He has given us the ability through Christ to step out of the mess and into his great life. To step into his great plan. That's the beauty of it. He's given us the ability. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks you grew up on. doesn't matter what color your skin is. doesn't matter what your story is. I can now step into the family of God, be a child of the King of Kings, and live out his promises. This is a great hope that we have. The, now, here's what the devil does. He tries to take all of that stuff and throw that away, mess it up, get in there, make it confusion, confusing, tell you about you know heritage and this and that and everything else. Heritage is important to God too, but not when it comes to you staying in a pit or being free. He, he's more interested in you being free than your physical heritage on this earth or where you came from or what you were taught. He's more interested in setting you free. No matter what your background is. Most of the time people don't get free because the world has taught them you can't change it. You can't change. And the message of Christ was you can change this. And these verses talk directly about that. It says this, Therefore I urge you, brethren, By the mercies of God, in the King James it says, I beg you, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God. We've said all all throughout this series, not acceptable to your brain, not acceptable to you, acceptable to God. A living sacrifice is something that's given, it's purposefully given It's not just something that happens. I've got to decide. I'm doing this. And it's got to be a real decision, not just a desire. I want to do this. There's a lot of, I want to do this in the church, but not a whole lot of, I'm doing it. He says this, this is your spiritual service of worship. The King James says this, it's your reasonable service. This is not something that you should look at and say, yeah, that's a good idea. This is something you should look at and say, yeah, that's a good idea, and I don't have a choice. If Christ gave his life for me, my reasonable service back to him is to give this life to him. This is our worship. Worship is not just doing this. Worship is is deciding that I'm going to forgive somebody who does me wrong. Worship is renewing my mind that it's about to talk about. Worship is every action, every thought, everything you do either worships God or it doesn't. This is giving yourself as a living sacrifice acceptable to God. It's your spiritual service of worship. This is how you worship God. Verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world. I've been grabbing this thing this whole series. So glad this is here to be my prop. And uh, so this is like if you can imagine this as a mold. And what the world does is it takes you and it molds you into, you know, 
uh, we've been joking about, just another brick in the wall. It molds you into something where you all look the same, and it teaches you how to live according to what everybody around you is saying, and it wasn't God's design at all. It teaches you the world systems. It teaches you, uh, some of you understand, a mammon system, a worldly system that is void of God. It molds you into this thinking and this way so that when we grow up on one side of the tracks, we'll start thinking we'll never get to the other side. Nothing can ever change. And that's a part of the molding that's happened that this world does so good. Because God's saying this, come out of the box. Let me make you my workmanship. Let me make you my masterpiece. You're not just another brick. You are chosen and precious. You're the only one. You're the only one that'll fit the place that I've designed for you in the body. You're the only one. You're precious to me. If you start cracking and breaking, I'm not just going to go grab somebody else to put you in. I want you in the place that I have designed you to be in. You're precious to God. I want you to come out of the mold and be free in me. I want freedom to hit you. So it says, don't be conformed or molded, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. In other words, when I start to give myself as a living sacrifice and I start renewing my mind, not only does my mind turn from ungodliness to godliness, but a renewing of my mind will not just turn in the direction of God, it'll start going in the direction of God. And action and demonstration of God will be a part of who I am. Now all of a sudden, my life starts to prove the manifested love of God starts to come out of it. And it, people around start to see God's will is good. God's will is perfect. God's will is acceptable. It's a proof that makes people say, I can accept that. I can accept a God who does those things. That's the fruit that he wants to bring through us, but we miss it. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 17. And so the very first week we were talking about those scriptures, and I told you some stories, and then the second week we talked about, look, it's not just knowing the trivia and the facts about God, it's demonstration and power, and we talked about how Jesus did that, how Paul talked about that. In other words, at some point you've got to stop coming to church, and you've got to start being the church. You've got to start being the thing that the gates of hell will not prevail against. You've got to start taking action on that. At some point, you've got to start making the right decisions and living by them, not just agreeing with them. Amen, preacher. That's not enough. Then we talked about last week, you've got to stay in your lane. In other words, your lane is wherever God has placed you in the body of Christ. 
And if I try to get over here and solve a problem because I see that there's a problem and the example we used was a family member. What if there's a family member who needs, who needs saving, right? They need Jesus. And all of a sudden we all want to run over here and help that family member and what we're doing is we're getting in the way of the person who's in the lane coming to your family member and we step out of the way of the person that we were actually supposed to minister to. So we've got to be led by God, be in our place, and stay in our lane. Be the living sacrifice in our lane. And if I'll do this and the other part of the body of Christ will do that, God will honor both of us, exalt, exalt both uh, parties, and bring about a beautiful proof, a beautiful manifestation, reality of his love, his character, and his nature. Today we're talking about how to bring about real change. You know, one of the things, it's funny, I put it on Facebook yesterday. I was like, if you could change any part of your life, you know, what would that be? And then I was like, put a hashtag, don't get holy on me right here, right? And some, some people saw it like, because soon as a pastor puts something out there and they know that, you know, I'm a stickler for the word, they'll be like, well, I just want to change me, pastor. You know, I'm like, whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever. And, uh, but because I hear it all throughout the week, well, I wish, I wish my husband would change. I wish my, I wish my kids would, would respect me more. I hear that all, the, they're always talking about somebody else. I put it on Facebook in front of me they're like oh I want to do these great things for God you know it's like ah, 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 gross you know but we got to get real you know most of the time the problems that people have in their life here's what I'm talking about they always blame it on somebody else it's not them if my boss would give me a raise I'd have more money if the country wouldn't elect certain people, then I'd, you know, whatever party they're in, the other one, and, and then everything would be better. Right? It's always somebody else. It's my spouse. It's my children. It's my mother. It's, my, it's her mother. You know, it's whatever. But it's always somebody else. How do we bring about real change? How do we bring about real change? And that was the question that we asked the very first week. God asked me this question years ago. And when I had somebody that was put in front of me that I really wanted to help, but I couldn't help. Or at least I thought I couldn't. I said, Lord, how do I help that person? How do I help them change? You know, how do I change them? He said, can you change them? I said, no. He said, what can you change? Well, that's a good question. I had never thought about that before, Lord. He, you know, I'm sure his thought was, well, that's why I'm Lord and you're not. You know, but that's, <laughs> anyway, he didn't say that to me, but I'm pretty sure he thought it. And uh, he said, what can you change? I said, I can change me. Yeah. He said, that's right. And then he took me to these scriptures and he said, if you will give you and change you and focus, there's a, Big word today. Focus on you. Focus on changing you. Then what will happen is you'll start to prove the will of God. And you will become like a spiritual magnet. And you start proving the will of God around somebody and it draws them to want them to do the same. And you can't change them 
but you can affect change on them. You can influence change in them. Still their choice. But now you have an ability to change and bring the change that you want. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 2, and of course I use this scripture constantly. 2.14, but thanks be, because it's such a great scripture and y'all should think so too, that's what I'm just saying. But thanks be to God, I'm not trying to change you. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to affect change and influence you because it's a great verse, right? Amen, come on now. <laughs> right? It's a great verse. All right, good. All right, but thanks be to God who always, <laughs> I tickle myself, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. He always leads us to triumph in Christ. Always. And manifest. In other words, he doesn't just leave his triumph in spiritual places. You know, where we can talk about them all day long. No, no, no. He brings them about in this world. He manifests his triumph. Through us. He manifests through us. You remember the gospel in Galatians 3.8? God preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, preaching through you all the world will be blessed. It's through us. We're the salt. We're the light. But it doesn't happen if we don't give ourselves as a living sacrifice. If we don't give ourselves daily as a sacrifice. Our lives, our thoughts, our actions. He manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place not just some places in every place if we will learn to be living sacrifice everywhere we go we carry with us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in triumph manifested on the earth not just talking about it not just in the sweet by and by only right here we manifest that. This is exactly proof. Uh, but let's keep reading. Verse 15. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. So we are a fragrance. Now God calls that fragrance a sweet aroma. But we're a fragrance. In other words, this is kind of what you see uh, in manifestation when Peter was walking by or Paul was walking by and his shadow, the people that were in uh, under his shadow, got healed because he was carrying with him a spiritual truth that manifested itself in such an aroma, such a real thing that when he walked by, people that were within a, a certain distance of him started popping off healed. That's a reality of what we're supposed to all be living, not just preachers, every believer. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved. And the first... First time I uh, read, uh, read this verse, I was like, what does that mean? And to the one, an aroma from death to death. What? And from the other, an aroma from life to life. Who is adequate for these things? In other words, what he's saying right here is that fragrance of God, if they're never going to accept Christ, it reminds them of the truth. It reminds them of their inevitable separation from God forever. 
That's a bad thing. But if they are in Christ, are going to be in Christ, it's an aroma that will draw them to change. It's an aroma that will say, there's hope. It's an aroma that will say, I can do this. When we live that, it, you know, it's an anointing by God to help affect change and to draw people to change. But it doesn't have anything to do with me going and forcing change on somebody. Watch Star Wars. I was, I was hoping you'd back up when I did that, right? So, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't forcing change on him. I'm being the change myself, and that's going to draw him. Because, see, in love, it's not what you force on somebody else. It, a love is a choice. I've got to choose to love. That allows love to flow through me and gives somebody else the opportunity to now choose. But when I try to go and force change on somebody, then love is not involved on their part. It's like if I hold a gun to Roger's head and say, I'm sorry, I say, hey, I say, do this. Well, he's never going to be acting out of love as long as I have a gun to his head. That's why Nicole was talking about why we give. We don't give under compulsion or under force because love's now not involved. If I make it, you know, if I make an emotional plea on you and all of a sudden you're feeling like, God, i got to give something or I'm unholy, I'm going to hell, you know. You you start thinking that way, now all of a sudden there's no love involved. It's got to be out of your heart. So I can effect change by being changed myself. And that will draw people to choose love, to choose God, and change themselves. Not only does it draw them, it, it sort of empowers them. It invigorates them spiritually. For we are not like many peddling the word of God, but as from sincerity, but as from God. We're not just, we're not just using God's things just to talk and, and peddle it and, and make money from it and, and get over on people. That's, that's what it's saying. We're not doing that. We're doing this to affect change, but from sincerity. But as from God, we speak Christ in the sight of God. Now, Christ is more than just, you know, we've talked about more than just Jesus' last name. He, this is, we speak the anointing and his anointed one in front of God. In other words, when we give ourselves as a living sacrifice, the anointing is there to manifest and set people free. When we give ourselves as a living sacrifice, now the manifested presence of God can enter into our lives. That anointing springs up and it starts healing, delivering, restoring, doing all of the things manifested in this world that it needs to do. And we effectively speak Christ in our actions, in our thoughts, in our speech. We speak that there is an anointed one to set you free and there's hope in him. We do all of that simply by giving ourselves as a living sacrifice. It preaches. This is why Paul said, I'm not just coming to convince you with my words. I'm coming to show you, to reach out, take you by the hand, and, and show you the power of God. I'm coming to demonstrate it and bring power. I'm coming to be real with this thing. Then Romans 2.4 says this, Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience? 
not knowing that the kindness of God or the goodness of God leads you to repentance. Repentance is change. Repentance is change. Do you not know that the goodness of God leads you to change? So the change that you want in your spouse, in your kids, in your boss, in your whatever else, how are they going to change? Through the goodness of God, through the kindness of God. And how are they now going to see the kindness and the goodness of God? Through the living sacrifice that you have decided to be. To focus on you and not on them. Amen. I focus on me, give myself, change me for God. And now all of a sudden, I'm producing the goodness of God. And this is why it starts to preach to them that God's will is good, acceptable, and perfect. It starts to empower them to step out on their own and invigorate them to step out on their own. It starts to show them, man, this stuff is true. This stuff is real. Amen. This is the real deal. What things do you want to change? Most There's about five categories that I found that most people want to change. They are money, time, relationships, government, and personal. Money, time, relationships, government, and personal. And, and I'll give you, in money, they, they want the economy to change. Uh, they want a better job, maybe, or a promotion at their job, or they need, in general, they just need more of it. And that's okay. That's not necessarily a bad thing for people to desire more especially if their heart's right, to give to the kingdom. That's awesome. You know? They just got to have you know, God in front of it. That's all. You know? So money is one of the things that they want to change. Time. Many more people just need more free time. They need rest. Right? They just need, and they'd have more rest if they'd have time. They want that to change. Uh, in relationships, uh, they want something to happen differently in their marriage or in their kids or in their family or their friends. Uh, or they want respect you know, from certain people. They should be honoring and esteeming and respecting me more. Uh, in government, a lot of times they'll want laws change or they want them to help bring the economy up. Or in personal, personal things, they want to be more godly. Or they want to grow their talents, right? All of these are changes. These are the major changes that I see and I hear as a pastor all the time. But how do we affect every one of those areas? Well, look at money and your economy and job and, and finance. We'll, we'll do economy under the government one. But with a job and finances, guess what? You start to renew your mind and put into practice the principles of God. He says this. He says, Beloved, above all things, I wish that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers, even as your mind prospers. As your mind prospers, you start to do the things of God. You start to sow. You start to give of all of your time Get, you can't stop it God's going to start blessing your finances it's going to happen period why because he set up certain laws in other words you want your finances to change you want your job to change you want your boss uh, to give you a promotion guess what as you become a living sacrifice you affect change that sweet aroma of god all of a sudden it puts a desire in his heart if, if you are uh, giving yourself as a living sacrifice and renewing your mind what's god wanting to do with you 
He's wanting to use you and to give you favor, right? Well, when I start to renew myself and I start to be a living sacrifice, so see, how can I, you know, all of a sudden I come by and that sweet aroma of God, that godliness, they're drawn to God. They're drawn to give the favor that you've been looking for the whole time. But a lot of times what happens is somebody tries to stand up, well, that boss just shouldn't treat me that way. He shouldn't do this. You know, and, uh, and all of a sudden they're wondering, well, why doesn't he give me a raise? Well, maybe because you're talking about him all the time. Maybe because you're trying to get him to change instead of changing yourself. This is how things change. This is God's way. This is God's order. You live as a living sacrifice. But here's the thing. A lot of people think, well, I need to change all my mind on finances, and then my finances will be okay. It's bigger than that. It might mean that you need to work on your godly patience. And godly patience will be the thing. In other words, whatever the Holy Spirit is bringing up to you to change right then, that's the thing that you need to change to help change in your job and in your boss. What about time and rest? You start moving in the things of God and giving yourself to God. You're going to start to find out that he, you can be at rest in the middle of a storm. And all of a sudden, I've got more rest in the middle of the storm than I used to have in peacetime. Because my mind is renewed. I start to sleep better because I'm resting in God. I start to enjoy and actually come out of sleep feeling, whoo, I feel like I slept. I start to rest in Him. What about relationships? Marriage, kids, family, friends. I start giving myself. Have you ever been around somebody and... um, like nobody wants to talk to them because they're always just so negative and everything. And generally that person is generally like, well, everybody else changed. I'm the only one who's got it right. Like they, they have solved the world. You know, they, they got it all under control. And everybody else but them knows it and that they are the ones that's like, oh boy, here they come again. Everybody but them. And they're blaming everybody else. And if we would say, you know what, it's not everybody else. Even if it is everybody else, that doesn't give me a pass from changing me. Matter of fact, if it is everybody else, the best way to change all of that is change me. Be a living sacrifice. If it is everybody else, there's no lights in the room. I'm it. You're it. You're the light. You're the one that's supposed to flip it on and start causing other people to burn just as bright. That means change is not changing them, it's changing me. Start burning brighter and brighter and brighter, and after a while they don't have any choice but to say, I guess we need to all start shining a little bit. That light sure is bright. Man, it's revealing. Just You know, it's the goodness of God that reveals in the places in people's lives that aren't good. You start, think about this. Why does everybody get mad when somebody gets blessed financially? Talking a lot about finances this morning. It's interesting. Um, Why is is that? You know why? Because it shines the light on the fact that they don't have what they just got blessed with. 
And so they get mad. They're like, well, they didn't deserve that. I've been doing this for such and such a long time. <laughs> and I deserve it. What, what is it? They're shining. It's shining the light. You know what? If they will humble themselves in that moment, they will see maybe there's some room for me to grow in those things too. Instead of being negative about the other person's blessing, they can back up and say, could I have that too? That's what humility will do for somebody. In other words, that's the whole purpose of the light is to, sh is to drive back the darkness, to reveal where people are missing it. You know, you may be uh, sitting in this and going, you know, talking about relationships and marriages. Maybe you're sitting there going, well, I just want my spouse to lose weight. And if you're doing that, do not look at me right now and do not shake your head or raise your hand. Otherwise, we'll be having a service for you next week, and I don't want to do that. It's Christmas. So maybe you're thinking, <laughs> I was trying not to look up. Maybe you're thinking, I want my spouse to do more around the house, right? You know, these are real things that people think. Maybe you're thinking, well, you don't know my spouse. They'll never change. You don't know my situation. You know, either the scriptures we've read already are actually true and God is faithful to them or he's not. And you're putting me in the position of, of calling you out on that. I do know your spouse. I do know your situation. And even if I don't, I know God better. And his word is true and he is faithful. Amen. He, his word is true. And he is faithful. And if you will give yourself and focus on yourself to change, you'll start to prove the will of God. And they will start to find the will of God good and acceptable and perfect. And they will start to accept him. And then they will start to change. It's focusing on you, not them. All of a sudden, they'll be sitting there thinking, man, you know, my, my spouse is, they are just, they are loving on me so much. How can I love on them? I know what I'll do. I'll just start doing a little exercise in the morning. You know, my spouse is loving on me so much. What can I do for them? You know, I'll just, I'll, I'll put these dishes away. I'll take this trash out. I want to love on them. Now they might, they probably should have been doing that the whole time. But we're not talking about fixing things that don't need fixing. We're talking about things that need fixing. So who cares? And when they finally do it, and, and they finally, you know, fall in love with God enough and to, to do some stuff like that, you don't do. Oh my gosh, has hell frozen over? Don't say that. Don't, that would be bad. You just quietly go back to your room and do yourself a little happy dance and praise God and do whatever you need to do to praise God. But don't, you know... Just enjoy the fact that God's moving and working. Humble yourself. And keep going and focus again right back on you. Amen. What about if you want change to happen in government? You know what the answer is to that? The laws and the economy? Focus on you in your lane. 
you affect the people around you? What if they start to affect the people around them? They start to affect. You know what we need? We need the people that are actually placed by God in Washington right now, in and around that area, to start actually being a living sacrifice themselves. If they would do that, these things start to change. Everything starts to go better. What about being more godly and having more talents? Same thing. See, here's this verse in, in Matthew six thirty three: Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. It didn't say, make your wife seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. It didn't say, make sure your husband knows about seeking first all these things, and all these things. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. It says you. Seek first. You seek first. Here's how to bring about change in yourself and others. You go back to those verses. Number one, dedicate and give yourself to God daily. Daily crucify the flesh. Daily give yourself as a living sacrifice. That's number one. Number two, don't be molded by the world its ways, and its thinking. And let me add a little piece right here. You are more affected by the world right now. You are more in that box than you think you are. Even if you've gone to church all your life, even if you're full of the Holy Ghost and everything, you are more in that box than you think you are. And without humility of recognizing that, it'll be really hard for you to see that I need to come out of it. Humble yourself to understand that the world in its ways has been living in deception and corruption for 6,000 years and it's gotten really good at molding people into a mindset and that frame of ungodliness. Don't be molded by the world, its ways and its thinking. Number three, renew yourself in the Word and fellowship with Christ. If you haven't seen Reset, Go watch that Reset series. Renew yourself in the Word and in fellowship with Christ. And number four, expect and believe God for big proof, for big things to start happening in your life. Don't be going, well, when I see him, I'll believe him. No, expect now. I'm doing what he told me in Romans 12, 1 and 2. He's going to do what he said. The proof will start to be there. The manifestation, expect and believe big things from God right now. Let's just stand. Father, we don't want to be the people that are without proof in our lives. We want to be the kind of people that carry demonstration and power everywhere we go. We want to be the kind of people that live as a living sacrifice every second, every minute of every day. Lord, we want to be the people of God, the children of God. We want the world to change because we have looked at ourselves and changed and continue to change. Lord, let us bring about the proof that you want in our lives. Let us be who you've called us to be. Father, we praise you and thank you for the ability to work with you, to walk in your ways, and to walk in the fullness of what you have for us. We praise you and love you, and thank you, Father, for it. 
Thank you for giving us opportunity to be a part of what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, not just for bringing about change in other, other people, but we in the process are growing. Thank you, Lord, for not just bringing about proof in other people's eyes, but, Lord, thank you that we're going to see the manifestation of your goodness, the fullness of your salvation, the deliverance, the restoration, the protection manifested, the healing, the prosperity the eternal fellowship with God that you've given to us. Thank you, Lord, that you're bringing about the reality of those things in our lives right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great week. Hope to see you on Wednesday. It's going to be a great service. You're really going to enjoy it, and we'll see you then. Merry Christmas.